O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. Christ hath appeared unto us. O come, let us worship him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. It is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, Never shall be world without end. Amen. Christ hath appeared unto us. O come, let us worship him.
The heavens declare his righteousness, and all the people see his glory. For thou, Lord, art high above all the earth, thou art exalted far above all gods. The Lord reigneth, let the earth rejoice, let the multitude of isles be glad thereof. Ye that love the Lord, hate evil. He preserveth the souls of his saints. He delivereth them out of the hand of the wicked. Light is sown for the righteous, and gladness for the upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, ye righteous, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The heavens declare his righteousness, and all the people see his glory. For thou, Lord, art high above all the earth, thou art exalted far above all gods. The Old Testament lesson for this third Sunday after the Epiphany is written in the fifth chapter of the second book of the Kings, beginning at the first verse. Now, Naaman, captain of the army of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master, and honorable, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. The Syrians had gone out in bands, and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maiden, and she waited on Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, I wish that my lord were with the prophet who is in Samaria. Then he would heal him of his leprosy. Someone went in and told his lord, saying, The maiden who is from the land of Israel said this. The king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. He departed, and took with him ten talents of silver, and six thousand pieces of gold, and ten changes of clothing. He brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now when this letter has come to you, behold, I have sent Naaman my servant to you, that you may heal him of his leprosy. When the king of Israel had read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive? But this man sends to me to heal a man of his leprosy? But please consider and see how he seeks a quarrel against me. It was so when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Let him come now to me and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariots, and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall come again to you, and you shall be clean. But Naaman was angry, and he went away, and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leper. Aren't Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. His servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had asked you to do some great thing, wouldn't you have done it? How much rather then, when he says to you, Wash and be clean? Then he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. 
and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. He returned to the man of God, he and all his company, and came and stood before him, and he said, See now, I know that there is no God in all the earth, but in Israel. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in the twelfth chapter of Romans, beginning at the sixteenth verse. Brothers, be of the same mind toward one another. Don't set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Don't be wise in your own conceits. Repay no one evil for evil. Respect what is honorable in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as it is up to you, be at peace with all men. Don't seek revenge yourselves, beloved, but give place to God's wrath. For it is written, Vengeance belongs to me. I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The heathen shall fear the name of the Lord, and all the kings of the earth thy glory. When the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. Alleluia, the Lord reigneth, let the earth rejoice. Let the multitude of isles be glad thereof. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Matthew, the 8th chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. When Jesus came down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. Behold, a leper came to him and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you want to, you can make me clean. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I want to be made clean. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Jesus said to him, See that you tell nobody, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. When he came into Capernaum, a centurion came to him, asking him for help, saying, Lord, my servant lies in the house paralyzed, grievously tormented. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered, Lord, I am not worthy for you to come under my roof. Just say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I am also a man under authority, having under my roof soldiers. I tell this one, Go, and he goes. And tell another, Come, and he comes. And tell my servant, Do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Amen, I tell you. I haven't found so great a faith, not even in Israel. I tell you that many will come from the east and the west and will sit down at table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be thrown out into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way. Let it be done for you as you have believed. His servant was healed in that hour. Here ends the gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. 
and the Gentiles shall come to the light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, to all the students, families, and teachers of Iowa Great Lakes Lutheran School, to all the saints of First English, and to all the saints here of Christ the King, and to all my children trying to sneak up here. <laughs> Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now about a month ago, we celebrated Christmas. And we love Christmas. It's the birth of our Lord. It's an easy holiday to understand, to grasp. We're celebrating God the Father giving His Son to us in the flesh. We celebrate the baby in the manger. But Christmas is over. And if you look on the front of your bulletins, it doesn't say Christmas. It says Epiphany. So what in the world is Epiphany? If you're not used to our churches, you might be thinking, what are these Lutherans celebrating? Epiphany. Now, most of you probably think of Epiphany as an aha moment, like the moment you figure out who the bad guy is in the movie, or for you students, when you're doing a math problem and the teacher's showing it to you, then you got it. It's aha, I got it. It's a moment of enlightenment when you suddenly see something for what it really is. And Epiphany, it's like that in the church as well. And in a way, Epiphany, it's like Christmas continued. Christmas is looking at the baby in the manger. Epiphany is beginning to see who that baby really is. Epiphany is no longer just seeing a baby or a boy or a man. It's seeing that this is God in the flesh. It's seeing why he's here on earth. It's seeing who Jesus is to us. Now the baptism of Jesus, some of you may have heard that a couple weeks ago. The baptism of Jesus, that was an epiphany. It's when the heavens open and the Father says, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. That's, a, that's for us an aha moment. This is Jesus. This is the Son of God. How do we know? The Father told us. So when, you, when we celebrate a Sunday in Epiphany, you have to ask yourself this question. As we look upon the baby boy in the manger or the man Jesus, the question you ask at Epiphany is, who is he? Who is Jesus showing himself to be? How is he manifesting himself to us? In these readings, what's the aha moment that tells us more about him? And by the way, the collect, that prayer that we prayed earlier in your bulletin, that's the church's way of helping us see what today's epiphany is in the gospel. So ask yourself these questions. Ask yourself, who is Jesus showing himself to be as we go through this gospel this morning? And right there in the first verse, Matthew says, when Jesus came down from the mountain, when Jesus descended, great crowds followed him. And right there in one verse you have Christmas. Jesus, the Son of God, descends to be among the people. We prayed in the collect, Almighty and everlasting God. We confessed, we acknowledged there that Jesus is he who descends to be with us, that he is God in the flesh. So in one verse, already, Jesus shows himself to be God with his people, the God to whom we pray. And then right after that, what happens? Two men come to pray to Jesus, who is God. The first one is a leper. Matthew says the leper came to Jesus and knelt before him, saying, Lord. 
Confessing him as God. Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Now this man is a Jew. He's afflicted by leprosy, a terrible disease of the skin. It causes much suffering. He's praying to Jesus for himself in his suffering. That's the first man. The second man then comes along. It's a centurion. And Matthew says, he came forward to Jesus, appealing to Jesus. He said, Lord, again, confessing him as God. Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. Now the centurion, he's a Roman. He's a Gentile, not a Jew. He doesn't pray for himself, but for his servant in his house. He says the servant is suffering terribly. The Greek, though, is much harsher. The Greek says that the servant is being terribly tortured by this paralysis. Much like the leper, he is in terrible pain and agony that won't leave him alone. So we see in this text so far that our Lord descends to be with mankind, and immediately he is hit with the sufferings and dangers and needs of the people down here. The moment he walks off the mountain, he has no space to breathe, no room to move before someone's coming up to him with some need, some suffering. Without someone crying, Lord, help me. He's bombarded. So much so that we may even feel sorry for Jesus because he doesn't have any space. But the thing is, this is who Jesus is. This is why he descended. So that he may be with us. So that he may be with his people in our suffering. So already Jesus is showing who he is. And to see even more, look at the men who pray. Compare the men who pray to him. Both confess Jesus as Lord. Both pray to him. One's a Jew. One's a Gentile. One prays for his own suffering. The second one prays for the suffering of another. And what are they praying for? Divine mercy. They're praying for mercy. They're sinners facing the effects of sin. Do they deserve divine mercy? No, they're sinners. Have they earned God's favor so that God will be kind to them? Again, no. One's a leper. What can he do to earn God's favor? The other's a Gentile. They've done nothing to earn anything from God. Yet the thing is, the men confess themselves to be sinners. They confess this exact thing, that they're unworthy of God's mercy. The leper says this to Jesus. If you will, you can make me clean. He doesn't say to Jesus, God, I deserve this. Give it to me now. He doesn't say, God, look at all the good that I've done. I've earned this. Heal me. No, instead he says, Lord, if you will. And same for the centurion. He demands nothing from Christ. He simply goes to Christ, lifts up his servant in prayer to Christ. He knows that the centurion knows that the servant can earn nothing for himself. He's being tortured. He's in agony. The centurion knows that his own power and authority as a centurion, as a general, can't help his servant. So he goes to Jesus, lifts up his servant in prayer, and he says to Jesus, in effect, Lord, have mercy. Help my servant. These are prayers for undeserved divine mercy. And that's what we prayed for this morning as well. Almighty and everlasting God, mercifully look upon our infirmities. We ask Him to look not just at our ailments and diseases, but we're asking that He look at our suffering from the effects of sin, from the effects of sin and at our sin itself. We pray for ourselves. We pray for those in our homes and our lives and for all of us who suffer. 
mercifully look upon our infirmities. And look at this prayer. We pray not because we deserve anything in ourselves, not because we've earned anything from God. We pray because we are lost sinners who cannot save ourselves, just like the leper, just like the centurion who can't save a servant. Like them, we're praying for undeserved divine mercy. And so if you're following in the reading so far, there are two epiphanies. First is that Jesus is God Almighty who descended to be among us. The second is we are poor sinners in need of mercy. And from our need, Jesus shows who he is from how he answers those prayers. Now, if Jesus would have heard the prayers and said, no, you don't deserve to be healed, if that was his answer, he'd show himself to be a just God still, but unloving and harsh. But Jesus doesn't do that. If Jesus would have said, may your suffering be your death, he'd show himself to be a just God, but full of wrath and hate. But he didn't do that. Instead, our Lord for the leper Matthew says, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And just like that, our Lord chose himself to be the God of divine mercy and forgiveness. Removing the sin from the leper, making him clean when he deserved none of it. And it was the same for the centurion. Jesus says to him, gives him the same answer. I will come and heal him. Again, he shows himself to be the same God of divine mercy. But the thing with the centurion, it's a little different. And it's different because more is being revealed about Jesus. Matthew in verse 8, he goes on, he says, The centurion replied to Jesus' answer, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority, with, with soldiers under me. I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. To see the epiphany, to have the epiphany of today's text, you have to see Jesus as the centurion sees him. The centurion first sees Jesus as the holy, everlasting God. The centurion, he knows himself to be a sinner, and he knows Jesus is holy. So the centurion tells Jesus he's not worthy to have Jesus come in under his roof. Because, and this is the second way the centurion sees Jesus, he sees Jesus as almighty God. The centurion has power and authority over a unit of 100 soldiers. And from that small power, the centurion sees Jesus' almighty power. And so the centurion knows that if a soldier must obey the centurion's very word, then the centurion also knows that all of heaven and all of earth must obey the word of Jesus. Because if he's God almighty, that's, that's the power and authority he has. So the centurion sees Jesus as the holy, everlasting, almighty God. You think he'd be afraid to go to him, but he's not afraid. Instead, with boldness, he goes to Jesus and prays, only say the word and my servant will be healed. Because not only is Jesus 
the almighty, all-holy, all-powerful God. He's also the God of divine mercy, and the centurion knows that. Look at Jesus through the eyes of faith of the centurion, and you'll begin to see today's epiphany, that Jesus is the holy, everlasting, almighty God who has come to give mercy and forgiveness. And yet there's still more to be revealed. Look at our Lord's response. Hear the Lord's response to the centurion. He looks at the crowds and he says, Truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yes, Jesus is the holy, everlasting, almighty God of divine mercy, but who did he come to give divine mercy to? Who is the mercy for? And that's why Jesus says this here. It's for all those from east to west who have the faith of this centurion. It's not a mercy for just the, do, for just the Jew or just the Gentile. It's not mercy for those who deserve it or for those who have earned it. It's mercy for those who are repentant. It's mercy for those who pray, Thy will be done. For those who pray, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. We pray not just in our suffering, but for our neighbor's suffering as well. It's mercy for those who have faith in the holy, almighty God of mercy. And it's a faith not of our own will or decision or from our own works. It's a faith created in us and given to us by this word that Jesus speaks. Those who reject the faith, those who think they can earn divine mercy. Jesus says what happens to them. There is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Because when you don't receive the words of Christ, you reject all divine mercy. But those in whom faith is created, mercy abounds at the Lord's table. Again, we prayed Almighty and everlasting God, mercifully look upon our infirmities and in all our dangers and necessities, stretch forth the right hand of your majesty to help and defend us. In this short little prayer, we confess ourselves as sinners and we pray to God for divine mercy. We saw how he responded to the leper and centurion. How does he respond to our prayer this morning? What does he show himself to be this morning? Mercifully look upon our infirmities. And our Lord says, I will be clean. And he takes the leprosy from the leper. He puts it into himself. He takes the paralysis of the paralytic and puts it onto himself. He takes you in baptism. Here is your prayer. Washes off your sin and puts it all onto himself. He takes all the sin, all the effects of sin, all the suffering and brings it into himself and brings it all to the cross where he becomes sin for us with all our iniquity and dies and in his death puts to death all sin and death forever so that we may rise from the waters cleansed, having been given in the waters the faith of the centurion, having been given in the waters Jesus himself. We prayed in all our dangers and necessities, stretch forth the right hand of your majesty to help and defend us. And how does the Lord answer? He says, go, let it be done for you as you have believed. 
The Lord doesn't make us fend for ourselves under our own roofs, under our own disbelief. Instead, he gives us the gathering of his people. He gives us the church where we come to him as he defends us here from all dangers with the preaching of his word. Where he makes us, who come from east and west, to recline at this altar with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Where at this altar our needs are satisfied with the medicine of immortality, with his body and blood for us to eat and drink. So that as we eat and drink, we may pray the prayer of the centurion before we partake. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. The church has had her people pray this before communion to pray it in the faith of the centurion. So that what is true of the servant is true for us as well. At Christ's word, we will be healed at this very moment. Because this is who our Lord is who he reveals himself to be. This is our epiphany for today. Jesus is the holy, everlasting, almighty God of divine mercy and forgiveness who has come to save you. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Oh
workest upon thee to deliver me when it's humble thyself to be born of a virgin and thou hadst overcome the sharpness of death thou didst open the kingdom of heaven to all believers thou sittest at the right hand of God mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, mercifully look upon our infirmities, and in all our dangers and necessities, stretch forth the right hand of your majesty to help and defend us. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. 
Most heartily, we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic, with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, the Legislature of this State, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishments, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, Help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. Amen. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. 
Through the same Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and our souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, be with us all. Amen.